0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Snajby Show. We have a little bit of a different scene today because I'm sitting with Sharon, and I'm really excited about this one. Uh, someone actually asked me to bring Sharon onto the show, and this is an amazing opportunity for me to showcase her and spend some time talking about her. So, Sharon, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So, the very first question I wanted to kind of jump straight into is going to be this, like. Who are you and uh, tell us a little bit more of what you do? Okay, I am a
1: coach here at Ausletics. I'm a CrossFit trainer as well as the kids coach. And weightlifting is one of the things I really enjoy coaching, so I get to do that here as well. Been here since day one, so it's almost five years. Uh, it's a place I really enjoy working, and we have a fantastic community and team. So that's what I'm doing now. This is what I do full time. It's not how it's been though, it's not how I started. Um, I had a real job, you know, nine to five job. <laughs> I love the um, real job. The real thing. job. Um, when I first started here and slowly but surely this became my full time. It's always been, or fitness has always been something I've been in for the last now 20 years. So to be doing it full time and doing what I love in this capacity is it's like, it's a dream come true. I'm
0: living the life. There you yeah. go. And like I feel like a lot of so a lot of people that know me and like know about Ozletics and know about everything they've kind of seen you around and especially in the last I would say three to six months maybe maybe six months you have substantially come out with the Osletics kids and you know um, for those of you who don't already follow Osletics um, kids on Instagram you should really check it out because one it's informative it is. Uh, you can learn a lot from it. You can learn for your own kids, um, but also if you ever want to bring them here, you get to see what you kind of do with them. So I want to kind of like touch on like why, why the Osletics kids program, because you know, I'm not exactly like the most kid friendly person, but you are, and that's why I have Sharon as well, because she's all the things that I'm not. Um, but tell us a little bit more about how that came about and why. Well, I don't know where it
1: started because Working with kids isn't something that I planned. It really isn't. Um, Fitness is something that I started teaching at a conventional gym over 20 years ago. It's always been adults. Never taught a kids class in my life. And I've also never been someone so inclined to kids. I like kids, but it wasn't something that I planned Mm. on doing in the future. The way that it came about is that I do love learning. And one of the uh, CrossFit courses is kids. CrossFit and I thought why not let me do that's maybe something I could do here but at that point I can honestly say I didn't think it it would become what it has become and by that I mean you know these kids that we have now they started at age seven eight and now they're going into their preteens and the development the growth the confidence the safe environment has just been something that we've grown with together I don't, I don't know if a kid's class is something you plan to have when you open this gym. I don't know if that's something you envisioned, but I didn't when I first started here. Yeah, it's no, like, I, didn't. I didn't even <laughs> think that that's something that we would do, but it came about. It's almost like they came to us, and, and we needed that. We mm-hmm. needed that, that tenderness part of um, you know, what the kids bring. They're just yeah. so inspirational, and they're a great group, and I love to pour what I can teach them. I just love to see that development, that growth. Yeah. You know, yesterday we had Curtis. He's been with us since he was eight. And, you know, he was doing kipping pull-ups in a workout. Yeah, with that. so that much cool. confidence. Where before, yeah. you know, his pull-ups, one, couldn't, didn't have the strength. And how he has developed through the years is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And for us, for athletics to be a part of that is an honor. Yeah. So to me, I think if I could... Uh, Wrap it in a nutshell. It's an honor and a huge privilege to be a part of these kids' lives. Uh, we're the first ones to teach them movement. That's yeah. a big responsibility and one that I take wholehearted wholeheartedly uh, with big responsibility. So yeah. that's how
0: that came about. And now it's a big part of athletics. So. Yeah, that's really cool. I think I remember kind of where some of the some of the parents would ask me to coach their kids in like soccer. And I think it kind of was like, I was like, yeah, but you know, they would benefit a lot from the gym. I feel like that's kind of how it segued into things like this, because a lot of the time people would ask me like, you know, what did I do when I was younger? And I remember wanting to go to the gym, like for my 13th birthday, I asked for a gym membership. I really wanted to join the gym because I wanted to be like my brother and I just really wanted to be one of those strong, confident, young athletes like that's what I really wanted. And now when I look back and I see like I was still starting at 13 and now we're seeing that kids are starting at 7, 8 years old which is even younger but back then you weren't allowed. You know it was one of those young girls don't lift, they will stunt their growth, it's bad for them. Um, and all of these kind of misconceptions that's out there but now when I look at programs like what we run here when I look at programs that other people do I'm like damn I wish that that existed when I was younger Mm -hmm. and I would love to know your story of when you were younger and if you experienced anything like that because I remember when I went into the gym I would just pretend like my brother's in there and lie to the front desk and say yeah like my brother's in there he's gonna say and then I would just go and do the routine that I knew he did so it's kind of like what was my thing. And I mean, I did the most basic of basics. I didn't learn high skill and I really wish I did. I really do because I would just go there and do some leg press and some leg extensions and maybe some, some other machine. And I'd be like, yeah, cool, I'm, I'm getting fit and getting healthy. But really that didn't translate to mm-hmm. life because you're doing machines. It's very different when you're doing functional movement. So I'd love to know your, your take on, on when you were a kid, if you did anything like that and, and any experiences that you can share as a kid, I did not have
1: any type of fitness class, not Mm. until a neighbor of mine invited me to her softball team and I was allowed to do that. And by allowed, I mean in my home, I mean, I grew up in an environment that was very suppressive. You know, it was very um, abusive Mm. and there wasn't a lot of you know, family involvement in that sense where let's get the kids involved in some type of sport. And with that, you know, in that environment, that subservient environment, you just do what you are told, uh, you follow the rules, and that is it. I mean, you don't ask, can I go do this? Mm. Because you'll be shut down. So I didn't have that, you know, um, introduction to fitness. However, it was through fitness that I kind of coped with my environment. So I would go and play basketball by myself outside we had a basketball court until I was just drenched in sweat. I didn't even know how to play basketball. <laughs> and then I'm gonna date myself here. Um, back then, you know, we had VHSs. Yeah and right on. we had videos. Videos, yeah. Big old cassettes. And I don't know how I got a hold of Kathy Smith.
0: You probably don't know even know who that I is. Know, but I t- know what videos are. <laughs> okay. I had VHS. If you guys didn't have VHS, like, damn. <laughs> and Kathy
1: Smith was really, she was like the Jane Fonda of the 90s. Oh, yeah, there you go. And that's when the step aerobics uh, piece <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, came in. And I would do step aerobics. Till I was sweaty in my living room. All right, we'll, we'll save it for another time. That we'll actually ask Sharon to demonstrate all of them. Yes, I could do the to dough and all of that uh, crossover, yes. um, but that's
1: where it began. That's I would literally use any wow. step at home to you know do this exercise. Didn't know, didn't know at the time that that's what I was doing. Mm. I was exerting energy in an area that just made me feel good, right. and it kind of um, became a habit. Wow. Through life. So I I wasn't really a part of team sports or classes in that sense. It wasn't until later on in life, you know, I became a part of a police academy. I think that was my first, you know, involvement in a huge team sport where I was like led through something. Mm. But I always pushed myself in fitness, even as a kid, until I was sweaty, until I was sore, until, and
0: that just kind of carried on. Yeah, life. that really has. It really has. That makes so much sense because, like, sometimes I look over at Sharon during a workout. I'm like, is she gonna die? <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she's like, she just, she really does. She pushes herself. If you ever seen her workout, if you ever out with her, she just pushes and pushes and pushes until like the final, final straw. So it's really cool to see that yeah, where and- that started. Where that's it, crazy. it's crazy, yep. Where it started and I think that's what attracts me to t- CrossFit
1: because you're put through so much adversity and yeah. you are really, you know, you really um, get humbled with these workouts and I love mm. that about CrossFit. So that's how I came to fitness through my childhood. Mm. It was just kind of something I,
0: I coped with, I guess, yeah. and took with me. And that's um, awesome. Yeah. I feel like you are healing the inner child that didn't get. What you currently give these kids? Yeah, you just don't know yeah. what your past will bring you to.
1: Like I said, it wasn't something I planned, mm. but it has just evolved into this incredible honor, love, interest to you know help these kids um, grow and move yeah. and understand. Like I wish I knew at a young age how to lunge, how to squat, mm. how to do something so basic as to brace my core. You know, understand what it feels like to have control of my body.
0: Yeah
1: basic just kids now I don't think they know that our kids do yeah and wow like what a huge honor Mm. like they'll be able to transfer that when they go to high school weightlifting room they'll know when they're in a sport they'll know when they're an adult and they decide to go to a crossfit gym they'll know
0: yeah and you know we get to be a part of that so that's amazing I know it's it's a big that's a big deal so I mean transferring that across Mm -hmm. to adults now because I feel like you have I mean, let's be. Re- she has the most complex people out there, <laughs> all right. And I really hope at least one of them is listening, <laughs> because re- when we are given, we are given, and we get to also receive, yep. the people that require us as coaches the most. Like they require, there is something about us that they are missing in themselves that we can then offer. And you know, the the complexity of the characters that you have. Um, I would love to know why you get these specific people, but it's usually the energy, right? We draw in sometimes the opposing energy, like I'm pretty high intensity, and sometimes I get the complete opposite of a softer person and I have to kind of meet them in the middle. Um, So it just kind of depends, but I would love to know like how do you transition from kids who are just like high energy, high this to like short intensity, to then an adult who was just dealing with so much. How do you transition that?
1: I think that it has taken many years of working on myself. Mm. And by that I mean I can be that person full of rage, but I can also be a very soft person. And the way that that all started in my childhood, you know, I was a very, very rebellious, violent, um, angry person and I didn't know how to exude anything else but that because it was all suppressed. It was, I wasn't allowed to express it. Therefore, I found fitness. So through the years, I knew that that was not right. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that translated in my young teenage year, but I knew that it wasn't right and I didn't want to be like that. But when you, are, when you grow up in an environment like that, you don't know any better. You know, there are certain de- de- developmental um, aspects of you that don't develop. You stay immature in your young years, and so you do stupid shit. You just yeah. do stupid things, and you um, you portray your energy in negative ways, like I did. You know that was a choice. There was a lot of things that I did I'm not proud of. So I have been that person that has been violent, abusive. You know, as a I've been kicked out of every high school in Fullerton, every single high school in Fullerton even the continuation school. Wow. The continuation school, where you go when you don't do well in regular school. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> me, me, like that was me. And <laughs> so I understand that person, Yeah. but I'm not that person anymore, and I never was. Mm-hmm. Like later on in my adult years, I understood I was never meant to be that person. Who I am now is who I'm meant to be. I am a kind, confident, trustworthy, you know, person that just wants to be a good human. i mm. always wanted to be that because I always had that remorse, mm. right? So I think the reason why I attract people like that is perhaps I just almost subdue my energy when I meet them. Yeah, I just subdue it, like I, I get blinded in it. Mm. I don't allow it to affect me, if you will. Mm. Um, you know, if someone's rude, you know, through the years, I'm telling you, like 20, 30 years of development, it all started with a book that my father gave me called As a Man Thinketh, (laughs) never touched it, right, and ironically, you know, my dad, even though we didn't have the best relationship growing up, he was someone who taught me so much about integrity, hard work, um, being, giving someone something better than they gave it to you, You know, all of these things and his mindset was, you know, don't be a loser. Yet, you know, I was, you know, doing all of these things that he categorized as losers. But through that book, it started to plant seeds and I didn't pick it up. I didn't actually open it up until later on, almost um, when Lizzie was born. You know, I I had her when I was 27. You know, now I'm 49. So through there, it was just book, seminars, people, new group of friends, uh, making more mistakes, feeling bad, correcting it—it's just been this back and forth, and that's what I attribute, you know, my character to have now to what it is, mm. is the self-awareness that through the years I've created. Every year it gets better, like every year it gets better. I get better. I, I, you think you know your best years are your 20s or your 30s? It's really when you're tired of who, like you've had enough, and now you want to become this person who you've always wanted to be mm. right and there's no more distractions i don't have little kids almost a grandchild but i don't have little kids to distract me anymore you know um uh, significant relation meaningful relationships are more important to me now you know, things are they're open so now you're like i want to be this incredible human being and so you start to do things to improve your self-development so yeah. to answer your question why i attract people like that perhaps it's i can. I can see on the outside, I can see their hurt. I can see when they, um, I guess, are frustrated or they act the way they do or they do the things they do. I can understand 100%. Yeah, yeah, I see
0: that. Yeah, you would
1: be appalled to the choices I've made in my life. Like when someone tells me they've done certain things, I'm like, "Mm, no. no, I don't know. And it's just all through your own your own rebellion, your own rage of traumas that you've had in your life and if self-awareness isn't something that you start to develop, doesn't matter what age but as you get older, you will continue that path and people think as they get older, things get worse no you just gave up you just lost sight and you continued you just continued to live on auto yeah. and that's what I don't want. so when I see someone I get it you know, a client who's on auto. Oh, no, no, they're completely stressed or they're very angry. I'm like, I see it. They haven't, this is how they've chosen to continue to live. Like they don't see the light. Mm. And to, in order to see the light, you have to, you have to have someone to guide you. Yeah. You have to have a coach. You have to have a therapist. You have to have whatever, mm. someone or books. The, you know, you can go through this healing on your own, mm. but you have to be willing to say, whoa, I just hurt someone's feeling by what i said. i'm going to be more aware of that. and it's just a day by day awareness mm-hmm. of who you are. yeah. if you don't if you you don't have that self-awareness, you are screwed for the rest of your life. you will live on auto and you will continue to do and be where you are yeah. one day after the next after the next after the next. so when you start to have that self-awareness, you know, i ask my the universe or your higher power to use me. Use me as someone who is gonna change lives. Mm. And that's exactly what you get, people who need you. Mm -hmm. People who need your experience, your energy, your
0: compassion, your understanding. So I think that's why I get. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you kind of like lead the way though for them, like you're showing them what is possible. Mm -hmm. So as they come to you and they come to you, I guess like broken. Mm -hmm or you know bruised, whatever it is. But when they come to you, they come to you and they see that it is possible. And it's almost like you are the possibility to what type of person that they can be if they choose. If they choose. That's right. If and that's the choose. thing, right? We can, we can never make someone do anything. Um, and I talk about this all the time you really have to walk your own path and while you're walking your own path you can have someone there guiding you but they're not walking your path they're just guiding you on where to go mm-hmm. it's up to you to take the turns yeah. it's up to you to make the decisions the choices and align that with the behavior necessary for you to actually improve your path and continue it going up so it's really cool that i've seen i've seen that i've seen the transformations you've you've made with so many people that you work with i think that's really cool and like <clears throat> You mentioned so many, and like Sharon's told me a little bit about some of the stories and you guys are probably gonna be crazy for some of them. Can you share one?
1: Uh, What I've done?
0: Yeah, one thing. You choose, okay. Well, one of the reasons why I was kicked out of high
1: schools is because like I mentioned, I was a very aggressive person. I went to Catholic school my entire year, um, K through six or through junior high. And then I went to a high school where it was public. I had the freedom to go from class to class. No one was going to tell me where to go. No one was gonna watch me. So I would um, just find the, the most mischievous friends. It's like, <laughs> I attracted them. And you know, kind of became very much, um, even though I was never a part of a gang, very much gang-minded. You know, mm-hmm. what are you looking at? Just give me, I mean, I was just this dormant volcano Ready to erupt from you know just my own environment at home, and um, one of the reasons why I got kicked out is because I you know someone gave me the wrong look. She wasn't even she probably wasn't even aware, aware of it. And asked her what she's looking at. Yeah. And she said what? And that's all she had to say. And so uh, it's not funny, you know. I I uh, fought her and pounded her head into the concrete. And that's what got me expelled.
0: Damn, I know that is then, pretty
1: bad. That's pretty bad. Then I did the same thing. Was she thing. okay? Yeah, she was Ooh. okay. <laughs> then um, same thing. Yeah. At the other, at the other one, at the other high school, same thing. You know.
0: You know, and, people are gonna be like, what? Yep, yep.
1: And I was very irresponsible. I've been in jail. You know, through my irresponsibility of um, being rebellious, I just did not wow. care, and it was all due to stupid stuff. Just. Um, uh, driving, you know, with not not having my lights on in my car, getting a ticket, not getting, didn't care about paying it, didn't care about showing up in court. I remember, um, you know, that day so well. My dad having to pick me up, and you know, I had my head up cocked, like, what? What are you gonna say? I just, there's so much rage that I had that I just didn't care at all, mm. at all. And you know, when my life changed when I had my first daughter. Yeah. But yeah. that was my next question. Like, that's, when did it shift? It was like an, like a flip of the switch. Like, I enrolled in college. I, you know, went to college. Um, I brought her with me. They had a childcare center. I graduated college, you know, just didn't have a car at the time. I just like this, that's the Sharon wow. that I am now started there.
0: Wow. Started
1: there. Had it not been for that uh, event in my life, I probably I don't know what would become of me, you know, because I was just on this path. I never did drugs, never, you know, committed crimes in that sense, but I ended up in jail for really stupid stuff for just infractions, driving infractions, not caring. Yeah, wow. I I would (laughs) I'm so responsible now that you wouldn't you wouldn't even think.
0: Yeah. That that's So when was your what at what age did you have your first daughter? Seventeen. Okay. Yeah. And you went straight to school with that. Like that's a pretty young age to even make that like yeah. flip of the switch because you hear yeah. about people that do have kids super young. Yep. And they just don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. And so there must have been like that that inner you know, side of you must have been wanting to come out. Yeah. It's almost like you having that kid was just like it was fit. that was it. That was honestly what just wow. switched my
1: my mentality, my perspective. That's know, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. And I finished high school with her I went to a special high school for teen moms. Wow. And I finished high school with Janice, who's, you know, now um, going to be a mother herself. There was a nursery. So I, I would literally be in class and then go and take care of my baby, come out. And it was just like this incredible change in my life.
0: And from there, you know, it was just yeah. growth. Yeah. How how was it being I mean, so young. Like yeah. how is it being a mom at 17 you I remember thinking I've got this
1: because you don't know you're so immature you have not been phased by life in that sense where you know you are responsible for raising a human being and you just don't mm. you don't captivate <laughs> the yeah. responsibility of it you don't. I didn't have any fear I didn't have any fear about having labor I didn't fe- I don't I have no idea how I was gonna raise this child uh, with the help of my family um, we did. She's a great, she's a great person, yeah. but that was my pivotal point. That's wild. I was in, I was a, just in a bad news bear,
0: mm. you know, from ages 14 to about 13 to 16. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and then you had your second one 10 years later. Yep. Wow. Yes. That's yeah. such a, such an incredible, like transformation. Yeah. It's just crazy to think that that's who you were and then who you are, but I love that it, it shines the light that people can change at any given moment it, mm-hmm. and, and you and I are so fortunate to um, be mentored and taught and impacted by Bedros, yeah. who makes that comment, you know, that your life can change in an instance as soon as you're willing to flip the switch and it's almost like you mm-hmm. were at that point point. Mm-hmm. and it probably was dawning on you leading to that point, yeah. like your mind was going back and forth and back and forth for maybe years yeah. knowing, cause like right, you, you would've been filled with so much guilt And shame, and I think that that's where so many people don't understand it. So you didn't have fitness at the time, or did you have fitness at the time? When she was born? Right before she was born, between 13 and 16. 13 and 16, not really. It was just my little videos at home, but it was, that's it. yeah. Yeah. And like, had you had an a proper outlet. Oh, for sure. Like proper it would outlet. It, mm-hmm. it would have changed a lot for you but you your outlet were was someone else, and right? Someone else, yeah. Um so and that's where a lot of people don't understand and they they undervalue fitness that fitness is an outlet. It's a mm-hmm. way for us to release what it is that we're holding on to. It's a way for us to get clear-minded, for us to get a little bit more above mm-hmm. and beyond what actually matters. Mm-hmm. And so like it's really cool to to hear that story and I just want, I want this to inspire either those who are young moms might be listening to this um, or know of someone. I want this story to inspire maybe that person that has a kid that is maybe doesn't know what to do because the beauty of what you do is you deal with complexities, but you've also been complex yourself Mm -hmm. and you help so many kids now come to a place where they are confident. And I want to share the story of one of the kids that was bullied really badly. Because you remember that day, I remember that day where he'd come in and he had um, permanent marker written all over him and you know, we'd ask him like, hey, what's this all about? And he's like, well, you know, the kids like pinned me down, they wrote all over my body and I didn't have a chance to rub it off before I came here because it was permanent marker. Um, And I just remember so many like, just harsh words, but I believe you asked him, do you know why they did that? Mm -hmm. Did you ask him that or was that me? I think so. And I, I believe that one of us asked him that. And I remember the answer and he's just like, oh, it's just a, it's because that's probably what they, like they're just angry inside. And this kid knew that. And it was amazing that he knew that. I think he was, what, 10 at the time? Yeah, he's super young. Super young. Um, but I asked him this the other day, like, hey, how's school? And he's like, it's so much better now. And he's like coming here and he's doing his pull-ups and he's walking over and all the kids are around, like around him. And he just like mm-hmm. feels like he's like the business, which is cool because, you, you know, he's confident. And I don't want to encourage—we never want to encourage arrogance—but I want to share that story where one of the kids laughed at one of the other kids, and what you did about it. Yeah, can you share that? Yeah, Um,
1: and even though I do have a a soft spot for kids, and you know we have a lot of fun, there is a part of it that I um, stress a lot of discipline too. And my voice changes, the energy changes. It's almost like a drill sergeant, and they are cadets. And the reason I do that is because I want them to understand that this, you know, they have the capacity to work together, to hold in whatever um, fatigue, you know, a doubt that they have, and that they are able to have a voice. That's real important for me, for them to be able to know that there's a voice in there, that if they had to lead or they had to be a part of something, they can raise their voice and, and be confident, okay? All of them have an opportunity to come in front of the class and give offer a warm-up, you know, guide them through a warm-up, and the warm-up is very specific. It's, you know, military cadences, um, the person in the front, let's say they're going to guide them through jump jacks, one, two, three, and then the class, as in unison, shouts off the repetitions, one. Okay, so I said, who would like to lead today's warm-up, and um, one boy raised his hands, first time, and I said, what would you like to lead them through, mountain climbers, do you know how to do mountain climbers, and he said, no, I don't one other kid said, called him something under his breath. And the boy said, he just called me a name. And I said, what'd he call you? And he said, you could tell he didn't want to tell me. What did he call you? Stupid. And I said, whoa, everyone here, let me tell you something. And you know they know that when I stop the class and I'm going to give a message, and I said, everybody here is a student. Everybody here, no one here knows it all. Mm. Some of you are better than others some of you are faster than others some of you are slower than others but this is very very similar to life you are always going to come across someone who's better smarter richer than you or you are you know the one who's better stronger richer it doesn't matter some you will always be better or beneath but that is what we do here we are we are humble we are humble because we don't know it all Mm. you will never reach that part where you know it all and if you do, then you are clearly not there if you think you've made it. And so what I, my, the message I wanted to give them is that they are allowed here to make mistakes hmm. and no one is to bully them or insult them because they don't know the answer. That was my first message. The second one, I wanted that boy to know he was supported, you know, that the issue was handled nice. and I don't care who heard and whose feelings were hurt in the process. Because we're all a team. Mm. Right. And then they also, you know, if one person messes up, we all pay. In other words, we will all do some something rigorous because of that one person. Because I want them to know that their influence, their energy, their input, whatever, affects everyone else. Mm. And so at the end, you know, when I turn off the music and my voice changes and I always finish with that understood, and they all, you know, shout, yes, coach. That's what I want them to remember. Yeah. But then once that incident is over, it's over. It's forgotten. I'm back to my, all right, guys. Let's go. And I make sure that, that the kid who was being mean understands that was a mistake. And mm. it's over. Don't do it again. And then the kid that was, you know, in this case, affected, I wanted him to know he was supported. Yeah. And that I'm in the middle. I'm just neutral,
0: making sure that they understand both aspects of it. So that's how I handled it. I love you know, it. Yeah. But let's talk about why and how you learned how to handle it like that. Like, where did you learn that? Oh, well, that was through a police academy. So
1: um, in my 20s, when my youngest, or my oldest, sorry, was six, I decided to go police academy, and I really wanted to become a police officer. To this day, I feel like I'm a police officer at heart. And I ne- whatever I, was, I learned in the police academy, I never let it go. Never let it go, not the discipline, not the exercise, none of it. And um, what we would do in the police academy is very similar to what I do with the kids here, you know that um, everything is done together. If one person makes a mistake, we all pay, um, that type of thing. You are responsible for your actions. Um, you are responsible for your integrity. Your integrity or lack thereof will affect the entire department. You know, that type thing is something that we learned. And I mean, it was really drilled into us. Everything that we did, we did together. If one person made a mistake, we all paid. If, you know, one person, you know, did something great, you know, we we all um, were supported in that sense. So that's where it came from. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I'm attracted to that type of discipline, that type of (laughs) adversity. And so it was just something that stuck with me. And, you know, after the police academy, I never let it go meaning I was always out running, there was a big period of my life where I just went on you know, I'm going to go on a 16 mile run I'm going to go on, you know, running was a big part of um, Police Academy, and so I did a bunch of marathons half marathons, Ironmans, all of that you know, just kind of created my character in in the fitness sense, but where it all came from I think it would have to be the Police Academy where now I teach those principles to them Yeah. you know, not just in the warm up, but you know, how how who they are affects
0: the people mm. around them. Yeah, you know? that's and, super cool. Yeah. That's amazing. So, I mean, just in this last, whatever, 30 minutes or so, we've unpacked so much from mm. your healing to who you used to be, who you are, the kids, all these things. And one part that we haven't quite touched on is how old you are, which is... is it 49. 49. And so... But what most people don't realize is that you were once pretty heavy, Yeah. right? How, yeah. What was the heaviest you were ever? I would say 170. Okay. Yeah. And, so, and then how much weight have you lost since being like, what, like, where are you at right now? 142. Okay. So for someone that is, like that's happened as you aged. Yeah. Like you were heavier when you were younger. Mm-hmm. You're now coming up to 50. Like I want to know how that feels because you probably know of a lot of women and I know of a lot of women that are coming up to that age, and they're like, holy moly, everything's going to go out the window. Yeah. What, Like, what are you feeling, given that you've been there, you've lost 30 pounds, mm-hmm. what are you feeling where like, tell me about that last 30 pounds. Um, it's been, you know,
1: several years since that, I would say about 15 years since I was that heavy, but to that point from now, you know, I've, I've fluctuated. What I'm feeling now is, Never now more than ever that self awareness is huge. Mm. You know, self. There's something that you taught me when we first started. You know, our business relationship. The first thing that you taught me was that if there's a part of the body that is hurting in, in one of our athletes, it's typically not there. There's a backstory to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then that same lesson transitioned to if you're. You know, when you would coach me in nutrition teach me about nutrition, even in my own, if there's something not right in your nutrition, it isn't, you know, this one aspect. There are several layers that you have to peel. Okay, then that transition to my day. That same lesson you would now taught me in my schedule. If there's something that's not happening in your day, go back to when you woke up and see what happened. Yeah. Okay, well, it's kind of like my mechanism now. You know, it's the way how I process things. Okay, if this isn't going right, there must be something in my backstory or in my situation. Mm. So I think in my now almost 50s, that perspective, that self awareness, you know, just looking at things from an outside perspective is, has been, and will continue to be the key. Mm. Because if something isn't right, if I'm not happy with my body image, the way I look, feel or whatever, something's not right. And I have to have the integrity, the self-discipline to go either get help, get someone to help me or figure it out on my own. Ignorance or just not caring is what will lead me to the years that people say, when you're 50, you lose this and you lose this. This goes downhill. And that may be to a certain extent, but... You know, my plan is to be ahead of the clock, mm. just always ahead of the clock. And to me, that means training hard, lifting heavy. I'm not, I'm not afraid I'm gonna get, you know, super big and bulky, you know, yeah. and eating well and moving well, yeah. taking care of my body, that for the longevity. I, I wanna be able to do this, you know, sport and lifting until I can't anymore, yeah. you know? And so what it feels like now is a lot more in control and a lot more knowledge and tools. Like, I didn't have that in my thirties. Mm. I ate healthy, but obviously I didn't. I was active, but not healthy. I was overweight. I didn't know how to put my plate together. I didn't know what macros were. Yeah. I didn't know how to work out, you know? I thought running 17, 16 miles, which is fine, was it, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so I think going into, you know, my fifth decade, you know, having a process, having the discipline, having a routine, those are all things that I've learned in the past five years. Yeah. It's just happened, you know, and it was through, you know, in big part meeting you, like helping me formulate what a routine is, you know, what, you know, my macros are in relation to what I do, my age and my body type and all of that. Yeah. And now going into my fifties, I feel like I have a better understanding of, know what to do that self-awareness so that's how I feel I feel like I have tools I have drive I have the discipline in place I have the routine in place I have the desire the desire like I really want you know to be the best version of Sharon that I can yeah I, I feel like I owe life a lot I owe for all the mistakes I've made a lot of time lost And um, I have so much to give to um, the people outside of this gym and this gym. And that's my intention, you know. This is a position of service, 100%. I've -hmm. said this to you before. That's how I see it. This is a position of service. I am here to make others better. And I cannot do that if I don't make myself better. So that's that's how I feel in my 50s. I'm like ready to um, change body composition a little bit more. Yeah. you know some people say you look fine <laughs> yeah but that's the problem Where are fine is okay yeah no no no. and it's not only for aesthetics reasons it's for the I have to put myself through different challenges discipline and adversity so I can stay strong mm-hmm. mentally mentally strong because I think that as you age no I know as you age your self-doubt goes down you don't think you're as um, as useful right Mm -hmm. or that you don't have what it takes to continue but you do you know look at all my experience that i've turned into something positive and now i can give back to you know this place and the kids and the adults as well and i think if you view it that way then you start to start feeling a sense of purpose once you start losing your sense of purpose that's because your eyes are set on something else you're you're experiencing jealousy you're looking at other people And you have to ask yourself, is that what I want? Do I want what they have? Mm. Well, what am I doing to get there? And you focus on the jealousy, you focus on the self-doubt, and then you you start to lose sight of who you are. And that's what happens when you get older. You lose sight of who you are, and the talents you've been given, and the purpose that you have. And if you do not have self-awareness, that's such a cliche word, but it's true. If you don't have it or you don't have the desire, You will live on auto and you will always, always, you know, you'll be left behind looking at the people that are going ahead of you. And you're like, I don't have it that what it takes anymore. I can't do that anymore. I'm old. I've lost hope. Mm. That's where I don't want to be. So I just fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight the clock. And you know, a lot of people are going through difficult battles worse than me. So what I'm saying may not work for them, but that's what works for me. Mm. I do not want to go into my fifties and sixties thinking that i am not useful anymore yeah and fitness is where i um
0: find my strength in other areas too but this is a big part of it that's huge yeah. i think that that's going to help so many people to understand like you don't have to slow down mm-hmm. you know you just um i think acceptance is huge mm-hmm. accepting where you are yep um but in a way that's like empowering right like and you said it you know people think like yeah you look fine and it's not about looking fine. No. It's about how you feel mm-hmm. when you look at yourself. Do you see fine or do you see like it's not good enough? Mm-hmm. And you should have that that desire where you're not satisfied. Right. But in a in a, in a healthy manner. Like be unsatisfied with yourself in a manner that is going to push you to go forward and it's going to empower you to try harder, not in a way that's going to bring you down. Right. So you get to choose and that's the that's the beauty of of have, of using that, of using like I'm, you know, it's not quite where I wanna be. Yeah. And that's actually what's gonna drive you forward. So I, I think that's huge for, for you. I feel, I feel like it's just gonna be so good for other people. Yeah. So I mean, we've kinda like gone in a, so many different places and I, I really hope that this has been helpful for people who maybe are experiencing something similar or know someone that's experiencing something similar so if they are, please share this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to try and give everybody a way to reach you. Um, obviously, everyone can reach her at Ausletics, but if you want to reach Sharon directly, you've got two ways on Instagram, um, which would be? Sharon Performance Coach and Ausletics Kids. Yep. yep, sweet. So you can reach her there, guys, if you are interested, either for your kids, for yourself, for someone that you know. Um, but, you know, this is, this is such an incredible lesson that, she's now giving everybody which is i mean hard for you but great (laughs) for them because you can learn just as much through someone else's mistakes as you can through your own if you choose to go that route to go that route so um thank you so much for sitting here and and chatting and and sharing all of the crazy stuff if you guys (laughs) have a specific question about her her past i need you to ask her (laughs) because she's got some good ones so all right thank you so much guys thank you sharon we'll see you on the next one thank Thank you. you
1: So